Welcome to Kara's Cures, the digital show where we explore the cutting edge of wellness. I'm Kara Sundland. So today's episode is sponsored by the Center for Advanced Reproductive Services. Let's say you have some big goals or maybe even a small goal, but you're just not sure how to move it from that wish column to reality. I am joined by positive psychologist Diane Lang about how one simple act can really lead to some big progress. Welcome, Diane. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm so happy to have you. And, you know, first of all, for our guests, what is a positive psychologist? So we're just kind of on the other side of the field. We actually study and teach and research what makes us happy, what makes us optimistic and resilient. So just coming from the other side, the happier side. Yeah, okay. And yet there's still a lot of science-based goals and science-based coping strategies that you teach your your patients. And one of them, you know, a lot of us coming out of the pandemic might have some different ideas of what we want life to look like, but we're not sure how to get our goals into reality. And you say just writing them out is a crucial step. Yes. So I think a lot of people are feeling like that after two years of being locked down, having all the confusion of what to expect, the fear. We're starting to get to a place where people are getting into a new norm of, you know, hybrid life and wanting to have new goals and dreams and visions. And for a lot of people, it's really about evaluating where you are, because where you were two years ago, pre-COVID might look completely different. And in all honesty, change is the only constant. We're always changing. So six months from now, two years from now, your goals can change and that's normal. So you want to take some time to really sit down and evaluate where you are currently and where do you want to be? And you can set your goals six months ahead, a year ahead, depending if you want to do short term or long term. But whichever you choose, you want to look at where do I want to be at that time and taking some time to evaluate and write down where you are currently and writing it down is so important. I'm really old school pulling out the pen and the paper, because when we write things down, we actually get clarity and we can keep a journal and we can use it as a self-awareness tool. We can look back and see our patterns and habits that aren't working, things that we want to change. And also just writing it down is very therapeutic. It's a release. So just writing it down on paper can help you to heal, to work through things, to see things with clarity. So if you can and you don't mind writing, keep a pad and pen next to your bed and take some time to evaluate where you are. Write down what you're doing now. What are you, you know, what's important to you? What are your priorities? What do you value? And then think about where do you want to be and write out what that looks like as well. And then in the middle of that, you can start making, you know, goals and action steps to how to get to that place. So part of writing it out is the clarity we get, but you say we should use as many details as possible when we're writing our goals and and write out the possibilities that would happen if you accomplish your goal. So visualizing is amazing. So if you have the time to just sit for a few minutes and you could either see it in your head or write it down, whatever works best for you, but really visualize where do you want to be? Really visualize using every detail, all your senses. What do you see? What do you hear? What's around you in your environment? How do you feel? What does it look like? Just really visualize it. The more detail, the more senses you use, the more real it feels. And it actually makes us excited to when we see our goal and we can actually see it and feel it, it gives us that motivation to move forward. It kind of builds that vision for us like, okay, I can get there. And if you could take some time after you create that vision and say to yourself, so if this did happen, 
then what? What are the possibilities if I have this goal? Wow, what would it look like? What would it feel like? How would it change not just for me, but the people around me, you know, my family, my friends, the people I work with? What new opportunities and possibilities would open up if I didn't live in fear? And I took those steps moving forward because it's very easy for fear to paralyze us, to make us feel stuck. And that's totally understandable. And I love this statistic. And it's such a a statement that I use myself. 90% of what you fear never, ever happens. Yeah, that's that's a really big statistic because we could live in fear very easily. But when you can do that self-talk and remind yourself, 90% of what you fear never, ever happens. That kind of calms us a little and says, okay, so if I do this, I feel the fear because you're going to feel it. There's no way around that, but I'm going to take some baby steps. And that's really the key. Little baby steps moving forward. As long as each step is getting you towards the goal or the dream that you visualizing or writing about, that's all that matters. And taking the time to celebrate those small successes. Every time you mark something off your to-do list, feel that, praise yourself. Every little step is getting you closer to that goal. So absolutely visualize it, write it, feel it. And then think of the possibilities and the opportunities that would open up if you took those chances and you stepped outside your comfort zone. Yeah. I love that you said 90% of what we fear never happens. People have maybe heard of false evidence appearing real is fear. But the act of writing it down is something all of us can do. And by writing it down, there's some good science behind that, that we have a better chance of actually accomplishing our goals by taking the time to physically write it down. Yeah, that's really true. Just by writing your goals down, you actually, I think if I remember the statistics, I could be a lot off a little bit, somewhere around 35, 40% more of a chance of completing it. But it's also a great tool. Writing it down is great for time management and productivity. When you see it, it's there, you're more likely to do it. And one of the great tools with writing it down, like at night, if you write out your to-do list for the next day, you know, whatever goals you've created, you have action steps to get there, plus anything else you need to do, calls, doctor appointments, things with the kids. If you write it all down about a half hour before you go to bed, it actually helps you sleep better. Because for a lot of us, we get anxious about what we have to do the next day, thinking about can we get it done or are we going to forget it? So write it down the night before and it won't ruminate in your head. And if you wake up in the middle of the night, it won't ruminate as well. So write it down. And another writing tool for anybody who loves writing in the morning, you could take about five or 10 minutes, depending on your schedule and what you have time for, to just do a free write, which means you're writing out whatever is on your mind. Just writing it out. There is no grammar check, no judgment, no analyzing, no spell check. It's just writing it out as a release. And again, That's important because then we don't internalize, which leads to unhealthy coping. So you can use writing in so many ways, self-awareness, self-evaluation, for to-do lists to help you accomplish your goals quicker. It's a really great tool in every aspect. I mean, I know for me, and when it's out of my head uh, and onto paper, I feel like I have a little bit more control and nothing fancy. I just have a scrap pad by my desk and if something pops in my head and I can't do it right then I put it on I I once read that Harvard Business School said if you can do it in two minutes or less do it right then but otherwise write it down (laughs) yes because you'll forget it how many times do we forget just because we're on overload we have so many things going on and we're overstimulated between all of our technology it's easy to think I have to get this done and five minutes later go what did I have to do yeah but if you wrote it down it's there it's clear and you need to put it someplace that you'll find it like the hub 
your refrigerator, put it on your computer, your nightstand, someplace where you see the journal, the pad, and it doesn't have to be anything special. A lot of my clients will just go to the dollar store and just pick up, you know, a journal, something to write in to have. And you can carry it with you as well and write notes as the day goes on, whatever works best for you. And it's a form of mindfulness writing, which is great too. So when you journal write, you get the benefits of mindfulness. So just doing like a free write for five to 10 minutes literally helps us reduce stress naturally, no side effects. So if you don't want to meditate that morning, you're not in the mood for a run or walk because it's raining here in the tri-state area, pull out your journal and just do some writing and feel the benefits of mindfulness. So there's so much to be had by just writing. Yeah. And I think it's something that the younger generation is a little bit lost on. I know I'll, I'll suggest to my teenage daughter, write it down, write it down. I don't need to. It's in my phone or it's in my iPad. And I know we're yeah. all digital too, but um, from a psychological perspective of A, achieving your goals and B, reducing anxiety, is it more important that you write it in a place you can actually see it? I find that writing is more effective and the science does back that, but this is what we do know whether you're a teenager and I have one too, so I totally understand that, but whether it's you're young or you just don't like writing, not everybody likes writing. You know, Not everybody finds themselves verbal linguistic. Some people find it more stressful. So you have to look at what works best for you. And if putting it in your tablet or your phone and talking into it is something that you know you will do and you'll do it with consistency because that's the key fact with goals. You need consistency. So if you're going to write it down for two or three days and not go back, if you don't like writing and you find it to be more of a hassle than something that's helpful, then that might not be right for you. And maybe talking into your phone is the best option. So knowing yourself best. But if you don't mind the writing or you're old school like us, I still have my journal right next to me in my office where I put all my stuff, daily planner. My friends make fun of me that I don't put it in my phone. I like writing it down. It's how I retain and memorize better, too. So knowing yourself, for a lot of us writing it down, we retain it better, we memorize it better. So yeah. it's what works for you. But remember, if you're writing at night, you want to keep that technology about half hour to an hour before bed away from you because it can keep you up. So we don't want to write our to-do list too close to bed and have that light from yeah. it. So if you're not writing it old school, do it about an hour before bed and then remove your technology so you're not getting the light or you know hearing the vibration of it and seeing all the little things going off. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I have it both ways. I've got the to-do list where I can see it and pops into my head. It's almost easier to put on paper. And then I'll have in my phone, like, you, you know, we've got those notepads in there. So you can keep, the nice thing about yeah. it, I can go back and see what you're writing. Or I have a little section that says IGF, I'm grateful for, because I know people like you always tell us, mm -hmm. make sure when we're feeling upset, or even just as a good practice, writing down three things we're grateful for every day can really shift us and keep us in a positive state, right? Really important. So there's two things you could do at night with writing that will really help you kind of retrain your brain from negative to positive. So two things you could do at night, writing, if you don't run a write it, say it out loud, say it in your head, but ask yourself what are two to three things that you are grateful for that happened today, looking through your day for the little gifts, blessing and miracle. Gratitude is a positive emotion, so it'll boost your happiness. It also produces mindfulness. So there's the bonus. And if you do it at night, it'll help you sleep because of mindfulness, which helps us sleep, reduce our stress, lower our blood pressure. On the other hand, you can ask yourself this question right after it. What are two to three things I did well today, which is different than gratitude. Like we may be grateful we got good parking. For some reason, it didn't rain until we got in the building. The sun came out. There was no traffic, but we're not in charge of that. That's what we're grateful for. But what we did well are the things we did, where we get that sense of accomplishment and pride, 
which again are positive emotions. So it cultivates happiness, but it builds on that momentum and motivation for you to keep going. So doing the things that, you know, or noticing the things you did well, and it doesn't have to be big things. It could just be, you said no instead of yes. You realized you were getting stressful and you took a minute to calm down and deep breathe. It could be the littlest things, but noticing both of them starts shifting the perspective and what we look at and mm. what we notice, which starts retraining our brain. But it's, again, it's the consistency of doing it. But in about 30 days, if you can do the gratitude, you will notice a shift in the happiness. And I, most of my clients who in about three months of doing gratitude and two to three things you did well, will start saying they can see the good in a bad situation. And that's resiliency when you can start seeing the good in the bad or a purpose in a painful situation. So we could definitely rewire our brain. Absolutely. I love it. Well, and I love that you put a little time on it because some people will say, well, why do I really need to do this? So it's not an instant gratification one day. Uh, but as you know, maybe you're trying to tell your kids to do this too and uh, focus <laughs> on it. <laughs> they get a little yes. snarky about wanting to write things down like that. But it really, I, I find that it really does help. And I'll just share that um, Oprah once said it was of all the things she's done, and Lord knows she's done a lot, the most powerful thing she ever did in her whole life was start keeping a gratitude journal. So worked for Oprah, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you know what? It honestly is the best thing I ever did. And I hear that from clients all the time. It builds that resiliency and, and it shifts what you think about before bed, because that's when a lot of our negativity comes up. I should have done this. Why did I say that? Why did I say yes till tomorrow? How am I going to get this done? And we start stressing before we go to bed and that affects our sleep. So just being able to have positives before bed helps you sleep. Just thinking about this, whatever you think about 20 to 30 minutes before you go to bed, if you sleep, how you sleep, what mood you wake up in the morning and how you dream. So if you're having positive thoughts, whether you're saying them out loud, thinking them or writing them down, not only does it produce mindfulness and gives you this journal for self-evaluation, self-awareness, all the mindfulness and happiness you get and you sleep. And that's really important for overall well-being. So there's so many things you could do with writing. And again, if your kids don't do writing, even younger kids, we have them do it around the dinner table where everybody says one thing they're grateful for today or they give one person a compliment, which would just be that random act of kindness, which is another positive emotion that boosts happiness and self-esteem. Yep. And just doing that around the dinner table, if you have young kids or even older kids to start the routine yep. and consistency absolutely makes a difference. Diane, thank you so much. And I love that um, you're giving people some easy, free, practical tips that really <laughs> think we're all on the precipice of feeling like a big change yes. as the world starts to open up. So really helpful practical ways to make those dreams come true. So thank you so much for being with us on Kara's Cures. Thank you so much. Have a great Mother's Day. Uh, thank you, too. And if you want to just give a shout out where people can follow you, if they want to find more of your information, I know you have a great blog. Sure. You could just go to my website, which is dianelang.org, and my blog's on there, my email, all the information. So you can go right there. All right. We appreciate you being with us. Thank you. Thank you. And you can find more information that's on the cutting edge of wellness to help you with practical tips throughout your daily life right on Kara's Cures on the WFSB streaming news app. You can watch uh, several episodes there or download the Kara's Cures podcast. You can listen to them there as well and follow me on social media at Kara Sundlin where I post them. Have a great day, everyone, and be well.